Hello and welcome to a special episode of Fox Office Receipts Plus. I'm your host, Alec Callahan, and 2020 is now over. As we start off 2021, I thought it would be good to take a look back at what was a very transformative year for movies and for Hollywood in general. As for the rundown, the stories I picked will be in three separate categories. Box office for the numbers, Hollywood for what changed in the industry, and streaming for what happened there. Let's get started with box office numbers because while not many movies came out theatrically this year, that does not mean we do not have headlines. So obviously box office numbers were a part of some of the big stories in Hollywood and around the world. Just not the ones you would normally think. Thanks to the pandemic, the domestic box office was subdued and was the quietest in decades. Here are the top 10. In 10th place was The Gentleman with 36.4 million. In 9th place was The Crudes, A New Age with 40.1 million. In 8th place was Tenant with 57.9 million. In 7th place was Onward with 61.5 million. In 6th place was The Call of the Wild with 62.3 million. In 5th place was The Invisible Man with 64.9 million. In 4th place was Doolittle with 77 million. In 3rd place was Birds of Prey with 84.1 million. In second place was Sonic the Hedgehog with 148.9 million. Finally, in first place was Bad Boys for Life with 206.3 million. The top 10 was nothing we expected, with a non-superhero movie taking first place, a video game movie doing really well, and a horror movie with The Invisible Man. The only Marvel movie to release this year was The New Mutants, finally, uh, but that came in 13th place. But to be fair, there's not much else to talk about here. Since from March to December, the box office was either dead or had attempts to come back to life. The real box office news is overseas, so that is what we will talk about next. So for the top 10 worldwide of 2020, in 10th place is The Sacrifice with 161 million, in 9th place is Birds of Prey with 201.8 million. In 8th place is Legend of Defecation with 240.6 million. In 7th place is Doolittle with 245.3 million. In 6th place is Sonic the Hedgehog with 313 million. Million. In fifth place was Demon Slayer the movie with 337.7 million. In fourth place is Tenant with 363.1 million. In third place is My People My Homeland with 422.3 million. In second place is Bad Boys Fly with 426.5 million. And finally in first place, the number one movie of 2020 is The 800 with 461.3 million. The story here is a culmination of what has been happening over the second half of the 2010s, and that is the rise of the China's film industry. For the past four to five years, they've usually had a few movies able to be big enough in their market to break into the top 10 worldwide. Well, now thanks to the pandemic, they have been able to take four of the 10 spots and take first place as well. And don't get me wrong, this is not just because of the pandemic, this is, was something that was bound to happen, and something that will continue to happen. While it may not seem like China was not impacted, all these movies came out from August to the end of the year, and we did fail to see how the Chinese New Year movies like Detective Chinatown 3 would have done with no restriction. That movie could have been easily seven, eight hundred million dollars by itself. What will happen with the Chinese film industry is that they will continue to grow. But I do think, like Hollywood, expand worldwide. China will as well. There's a reason America has so much culture influence, and that is in part thanks to our entertainment and people's enjoyment of it. If China wants to have a slice for that over the next 10-20 years, they need to start making content that can connect with the people outside of the country. Which I think will happen. The Meg, uh, the movie that came out a few years ago, was a co-production between Warner Brothers and Chinese studio Gravity Pictures. Having a co-production like these, I think, would help speed up the process. 
Now, while China is the focal point of 2020 box office success, Japan does deserve some recognition. Demon Slayer came out at the right time for the country, and while it took a few months, it became the biggest movie ever in Japan, topping Toppling Spirited Away, a record that has lasted over 15 years. Not only that, it is rare to see anime movies in the top 10 worldwide, so I thought that was cool to see. So that was about it for box office news. If we were going to break it down into bullet points domestically, shit's fucked. Internationally, China's still growing, even though half the year nothing released. Also, anime made it into the top 10. Cool. Let's take a look at Hollywood and what happened there. Now, I'm not talking about the movies that were released or the ones now in production per se, but how the industry has and will continue to adapt as the pandemic ends. The biggest change is the move to the new release models. Before the pandemic, there were two release models. First, the normal theatrical release, followed by VOD, then Blu-ray, rentals, streaming. The other was to go straight to VOD, streaming, physical media. Well, that has gone, and instead there are multiple different models studios are using. First, it's just a shortened theatrical window. Before 2020, the window was usually 90 days, and then studios can pull it from theaters and move it along. Now, this did start to cut down to 60, but again, you know, standard was 60 to 90 days. Well, uh, that window is now broken thanks to Universal. Universal was able to strike a deal, first with AMC and then Cinemark, for a shorter window of as short as 17 days. Going forward, at least with those theaters, Universal will release movies in theaters as normal if it makes under a certain box office threshold for its opening weekend. They have to wait 17 days before putting it on PVOD or premium video, video on demand. And this is different than VOD because PVOD is $19.99 for a rental instead of 5 to 6 bucks. If a movie makes above the opening weekend threshold, they have to wait 30 days before doing anything. And if they decide to release it on PVOD, the theaters will get a small cut of the profits. Going forward, this is the most normal release for a movie because it follows what Hollywood has been doing for decades, just on a shorter timetable, and with everyone being connected and getting things faster on the internet, it only makes sense. The next model is a release in theaters and on streaming at the same time. From this, we have seen two types of that release. The first is the Disney Plus model, which is to release in theaters and on Disney Plus at the same time. However, on Disney Plus, it is not released for free and is instead under premium access, which means you have to spend $30 to watch it, even though you pay for the streaming service. The other model is the one just introduced at the end of 2020, and that is the HBO Max model. This is where Warner Brothers will release a movie in theaters and on HBO Max, with it being on the streaming service at no additional cost. However, the movie will only be on the service for a month and then pulled. Then, from day 31 to 90, the studio will respect the exclusive theatrical window, so you can only see it in theaters. Then, after day 90, it moves along the normal release distribution. Now, this model has received a lot of pushback, but personally, if I had to pick one, I preferred. I preferred a Warner Brothers HBO Max model. When things are back to normal, if I want to see a movie in theaters, I will. Full stop. But, if there's a movie I do not care about, then I would much rather go onto a streaming service and watch it. If I don't really care for it, why would I pay 30 bucks to buy it on a streaming service? And that value does decrease over time, because after a few months, the movie would be available for anyone on Disney+. Plus at no additional cost. Now everyone is going to have their own personal preference for how a movie is released and some of the models might not last long after the pandemic ends, but this is what we have now and this creates a new change in Hollywood and how contracts are written up, that's another thing to look at. See, the standard for a long time has been you get a bonus. If you do get a bonus, it is usually based on how much a movie makes at the box office. And if you're really big, you can even get a small slice of that for yourself. But now, as streaming statistics become more important, as with digital sales, those will need to be counted more so people get a fairer deal. We saw this a little bit last year with Universal's decision to move Trolls World Tour to PVOD, but this really came to a head last month with WarnerMedia's decision 
to have all of Warner Brothers 2021 movies premiere on HBO Max. This caused a lot of outrage that right now the studio is fixing by throwing money at it, but that cannot be how studios act in the future. People will need to know when they sign up for a movie that if it goes to streaming for whatever reason, what the new standards would be to get a bonus. Working out these details will solve a lot of potential future headaches, but this also does require them to be more open about digital sales and streaming numbers, something just about every studio has been quiet about. So transparency with how well a movie does is also a risk going forward. Before, it was just a simple how much did it make at the box office, what was the budget. While not the most accurate due to other factors, it at least presented a semi-clear answer. Now with these factors involved, it will become more muddier. Thanks to the pandemic, Hollywood has had to rely more and more on streaming to survive, and will look to make it more of a core component of a studio going forward. We saw this in 2020 with WarnerMedia releasing HBO Max and NBC Universal releasing Peacock. And while Peacock is not yet a major home for Universal movies, with Paramount Plus releasing this year, every major studio besides Sony will have a streaming service. But as streaming becomes a major part of Hollywood, that does not mean the old guard are the only ones there. Led by Netflix, tech companies have come into Hollywood with their checkbooks open, ready to buy anything and everything. This year we saw the rise of Prime Video, with Amazon buying multiple movies and having a few of their originals released, and even Apple TV Plus saw some action. For them, it was most noticeably their Ted Lasso show, and then buying Greyhound, but a lot of the moves they made will not be shown to people for a few more years. Like most people probably don't know, that with them working with Paramount, Apple is making Scorsese's next movie, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. I expect this to continue because, at the very least, Apple has a lot of cash on hand to afford basically anything it wants to. There are also those persistent rumors of MGM finally selling, and if so, I still expect the first option to be Apple, then Amazon. But imagine, at the end of 2021, Apple could be the new home with James Bond. That is it for this episode of Box Office Receipts Plus. While we didn't have a ton of movies released in 2020, 2020 will go down as, I, I think, a significant year in Hollywood and in entertainment as a whole, uh, with China becoming a more dominant force uh, in the box office numbers just in our own country. Hopefully in the next few years they continue to grow and distribute their movies elsewhere. Hollywood focusing on streaming while still looking at box office numbers when theaters are reopened. How do they plan out their movie releases? It's going to be a very, very few interesting uh, next few years. But what do you think? Just straight up, what are your thoughts, opinions on 2020? Where do you think this is going to go? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the pages in the show notes. Thank you for listening. See you next time.